summer's a great time to get outside and have some fun. For some, it would be a day at the beach walking, a bike ride through the mountains, or even a day at the lake fishing. Jesus used fish to teach great lessons to his disciples. In this series, we'll take a look at lessons we can learn from Jesus' fish stories, taking his bait, hook, line, and sinker. We hope you enjoy. So for the past month, we've been talking about fish in our series, Gone Fishing. And we're going to come to an end of this series here today. And I don't think I've even asked you this question throughout this entire series. So here it is. Do you even like fish? And when I ask that question, I mean like, do you like to eat fish? My experience has been in life that um, people either hate to eat fish or they love to eat fish. And I know you're dying to know what Pastor Rob thinks. I love fish. Now, oftentimes I'm eating salmon because it's a little bit cheaper and, uh, or, you know, mahi or whatever it is. But if I were to go to a restaurant and they had that chalkboard, because for some reason seafood restaurants always have the chalkboard, and it says catch of the day, what I want to see underneath that is halibut. I love blackened halibut. How about you? The other thing I actually like is what I had last night. I was at a, an event last night, and they served Chilean sea bass. It was so good. So, do you like fish? Well, whether you like fish or not, this has been a great series for us to take a look at God's Word, especially Jesus' teaching where he uses the word fish or fish or fishes in, in his uh, uh, story. So today, like I said, we're going to conclude with Jesus' last fish story and the lesson in which we could learn from it. Let's pray. God, thank you for allowing us to go fishing uh, for these last four weeks. Thank you, God, that we have your word that we get to listen to in our lives at this moment. God, whatever it is that we're walking through during this season, during this week, or even this moment, God, we are praying that you would bring courage to us, that you would bring hope to us, that you would bring truth to us, Lord. And then we could push aside all the voices that want our attention and that we would listen to your voice and your voice alone. God, as your servant here today, I pray that you help me for where, where I am weak, you are strong. And so we just, we ask, we plead, we beg, God, that through your Holy Spirit, we would hear what it is that you want us to hear. Thank you, Lord, in advance. We love you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So what I want to do is I want to review real quick uh, some of our fish stories that we've looked at over the last three weeks, okay? So the very first week, uh, our very first lesson was a fish story where we learned that we are to be fishers of men. And we learned what that meant was that we have the opportunity to be light and salt to this earth. We get to be uh, the ones that share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit that gives us power to live uh, life to its fullest here on this earth. And so again, I ask you, are you being a fisher of men? 
Are you being that good news to those around you that are dying to hear the good news? Are you inviting people to join in on this love that Jesus has for them. The second week, our, our second faith story is, is a hungry crowd of, of 5,000 men, which meant probably 10,000 people when you include women and children. And, and the disciples were challenged to feed this crowd. They found five loaves of bread and two fish. Well, they couldn't, couldn't feed this crowd. This was an impossible task. But once they put it into the hands of Jesus... He was able to take those five loaves of bread and the two fish and feed the 10,000 plus people. And leftovers, 12 baskets of leftover food. Our lesson was definitely that week, faith. Faith over fear. Last week, our fish story, we learned this. We learned how to pray. And now on to today's fish story. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Just write the word background down, background. And I wanna give you the context in which our fish story uh, lands today. You see, Jesus at the very beginning uh, here in our very first fish story, we saw that he called the disciples. They called them away from being fishers of fish to fishers of men. And again, if you want to listen to that sermon, they're all accessible uh, through our website, uh, which you go to um, wvcch.org, and uh, you'll be able to download any sermons uh, that we've, we've shared in the past here. But nonetheless, Jesus has called these men together, there's 12 of them, and he did life with these men. Uh, he invested in them. He modeled uh, what it was like to be a, a, a man of God here on this earth. He taught these men in the morning, in the afternoon, and late at night. He invested over three years in these men's life. You fast forward through, through all this time that they spent together. And then you have the, the Garden of the Gethsemane where Jesus knew that his time on this earth was coming to an end. Uh, soon he was arrested, he was falsely accused, uh, he was sentenced, he was beaten, he was flogged. Uh, eventually, he would be asked to carry his, his own cross to his own death. He died a horrific death on the cross. But then he was buried. And yet three days later, Three days later, he was resurrected. And that's what you and I as Christ followers talk about the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he was left in the grave, we would have nothing to celebrate. We would only have bad news to share. But we have the good news that Jesus Christ overcame death. As we know the resurrection. So this is the backdrop of, of our fishing story today. And after the resurrection, Jesus has appeared to his disciples uh, a few times, two to be specific. You can imagine their emotions. You can imagine uh, the, 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 the struggles that they were having in their heart, man. They were hanging out with the Son of God for three years. They were able to hear his teaching. They, they were able to talk to him. They were able to consult in him. He was, they were able to be loved by Jesus, the Son of God, and now he's gone. What is life going to be like? That brings us to our passage today. It's found in John chapter 21. 
I'd love for you to open up your physical Bibles, but if you don't have one nearby, uh, just go onto your mobile devices and you could, you could t- download version. It's a free Bible app and some of you already have it, but let's see God's word. Don't just trust me as the communicator, but I want you to see it yourself. John chapter 21. Are you ready for our last fish story? I'm excited. John chapter 21, verse one. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again uh, to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It, it happened this way. Simon Peter and Thomas and Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, 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 we'll, we'll go with you. So they went out, got in the boat, but that night, check this out, but that night they caught nothing. I have a question for you, especially for those of you that have been with us on, in, during this entire fish series. Does this sound a little familiar? Here's Peter wanting to go fishing. The other guys are fishing with him. But that night, they caught what? They caught nothing. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down our second point. The first one was a background. The second point is this. Write this down. Again and again. Again and again. Why I say that is, does this sound familiar? Uh, of course it sounds familiar if you've been on this journey with us. This is what we read about in week one. Very similar. If you look at Luke chapter five, the calling of the first disciples, the setting was similar. We see there it was the lake of Gennesaret, but it's also referred to the Sea of Galilee, which we just read Luke chapter five tells us that Simon is a fisherman. He does this for a living. He's out there fishing all night, but he catches nothing. And he's, he's, he's back in the early morning. He's, he's cleaning up his net. Jesus borrowed his boat to teach. Then he tells Simon, hey, I want you to go back out into the water, which Simon is the professional. He's the one that's made a living. He's the one that's the fisherman. But for some reason, obeys. He goes out there. He catches enough fish that it fills his own boat. And he has to call another boat over to fill that. That was what we learned in Luke 5. Well, here again is Simon. Simon's going to want to fish. Jesus is Jesus is resurrected and gone back and, 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 and Peter's, I don't know what Peter's thinking. So he's, I, here's, here's, here's just my thoughts, okay? Well, I don't know, what, maybe you, you have your own thoughts, but I'm thinking either, the, there, those are some of the options. Maybe Peter and the other disciples just went back to their old life. Maybe they went back to fishing because that's, what they knew. So they had this wonderful experience for three years and Jesus taught all this stuff to them, but maybe they didn't know what to do with it. And so maybe they just went back to their old ways. Does that sound familiar to any of you? Maybe, maybe they were just scared and they wanted a distraction. Maybe they wanted to do what was safe. Maybe they wanted to buy some time. I don't know 
I don't know why they did what they did that night. But as I told you, the second point in this message is again and again. You know what I see this as? They've come full circle. It's almost like a checkpoint for them. Like, are they the same people that they were three years previous before they had spent all this time with Jesus? Maybe it was the same exact boat that Peter was in in this story as he was in Luke 5. I want to bring this question to you. Have you had those again and again moments in your life? I call them those checkpoint opportunities. Will you find yourself in the same place again? In this case, in Luke 5, he came back with empty nets. In our fish story in John chapter 1, he came back with empty nets. But has Peter's perspective changed? Not just his name, because remember, he was Simon in the first story in Luke 5. And for you, as you come to these checkpoints in your life, are you the same person? Have you gone backwards? Or have you moved forward? Have you grown? See, I think again and again, moments can be good because they do act as checkpoints. They help us gain perspective. It could be daily, it could be weekly, it could be monthly, yearly, or even locationally could be checkpoints. An example for me is uh, my family goes to Lake, South Lake Tahoe every year. I know this might sound funny, but we go every year in July. And every year in July when I find myself there in Lake Tahoe in a very familiar environment that looks just like it did the year before, it's an opportunity at some point throughout that week, it's a checkpoint. And I sit there and I go, okay, this is who you were last year at this time up at Lake Tahoe. This is where you were at spiritually. This is where you were at physically. This is where you were at emotionally, mentally. And for me, it's acted as a place every year where I could go, man, I've really grown spiritually, or man, I've taken some steps back, or I'm the same person. Physically, man, this is what I weighed last year, or these were the things that were hurting last year, and this year things aren't hurting, or last year things weren't hurting, and this year they're all hurting, so it's a checkpoint. Does that make sense to you? I think checkpoints are good. And that's a yearly checkpoint. You know, communion every week for me is a weekly checkpoint. I don't know what you do during communion, but for me, it's an opportunity for me to think through the week and be able to go, this is where you were at last week. Where are you at this week? It's an opportunity for me to say, man, I've grown or man, I've stepped back or I'm about the same. Scales are our checkpoints. You're like, scales, I don't want any part of that. Well, we happen to have one in our bathroom and there's seasons where I'm on it every day and there's seasons where, you know, it's months before I could stand on it. But a scale is a great checkpoint to see where you're at with your weight. And it tells you not what you feel or think, but it gives you reality. Again and again, moments I think are healthy. And I think for Peter and the other disciples, they've come full circle. And the question is, are they better men now than they were three years ago in the same boat? 
Hmm. I love this statement that I heard, and I don't even know how many years ago. It was a long time ago, and I don't know who to give credit to. But it simply says this, healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And this message, maybe that's the reason you're listening right now. Maybe God wants you to, to ask the question of yourself, especially during this pandemic. And, th- and this is what I want to ask, if I could get real in your life. If, and, and you could just ask, know that I'm asking the same question of my life. We are five and a half months into this pandemic. I don't think any of us thought that we would, we, this would be happening still five and a half months later. I, I think it was uh, March, I wrote it down, March 12th, uh, where this all started. And uh, you're going to be hearing this message the first week of September in, in 2020. Where are you at? Like if you think back to March 12th when, when you were told to, to stay at home and that there's this pandemic and quarantine and all the stuff that came with it. Where were you at emotionally? Where were you at physically? Where were you at spiritually? And then I'd like to ask you, where are you at today? Where am I at today? Have I gone backwards? Am I the same? Or have I grown? I pray that you've grown. I pray that you're closer to God than you've ever been before. Personally, I also pray that you're physically healthier than you've ever been before. Mentally healthier. Emotionally healthier. But the reality is, I talk to a lot of people, and I know my own challenges that I've had in these last five and a half months. And I'd love for all of us to answer, yes, I'm the best I've ever been in all areas. But the truth is, many of us have struggled. And maybe you are struggling even at this moment as you're listening to this message. I want to challenge you to hold on because I think the rest of this message has something very encouraging for you. But the reason why I'm pounding this so much right now is we just have to, we have to see what the reality is of where we're at so that we need, so we could identify where it is we need to go. Does that make sense? Where was Peter at? Where were the other disciples at in this moment of this fish story? Well, let's uh, continue to read this story as they're, they're cleaning up, they're wet and tired, probably frustrated, uh, maybe even a bit down because they caught nothing. Verse four of chapter 21 of the book of John. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize it was Jesus. I find that weird, but okay. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable, oh, this is so good. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Did you hear that? They were not able to, 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 to haul the, the, the fish in because the catch was so great. 
You see, this is a reminder of, of the fish story a few weeks ago with, when, when the disciples were faced with the impossible, God made the possible happen. And again, they had been out, they're professional fishermen. They'd been out all night and they caught nothing. And then they go in obedience to the voice that they heard and they cast their net out on the right side and they had a haul like they hadn't had in probably three years. They went from zero fish to 300 pounds plus of fish. Why do I know that? Well, in doing some research, the first century nets could hold about 300 pounds of fish. And I would suggest this. No obedience, no fish. No obedience, no fish. They weren't quite sure the voice that they heard and who they saw, but for some reason, just like in Luke chapter five, they obeyed and they went out there and they cast a net on the right side and God filled the net. If they did not fill the net, then there would be no fish. No obedience, no fish, which leads us to our third point. Write down obedience. Obedience, this is one of the lessons we could learn from the fish story today. Whether you and I understand exactly why God is telling us to live our lives the way he is telling us to live our lives in in his word, whether it makes sense to us or not, what we are asked to do is obey. Did you hear that? Whether we agree or not, we're asked to obey. And let me tell you what I've learned in 30 plus years of walking with Jesus Christ. The first is, I know oftentimes what I'm supposed to do and I still don't obey. I will just confess that out to you. I am not perfect. I struggle just like each and every one of you, but I strive to be obedient. And what I've learned is, God has not asked something of me so that he could squish me with his thumb and impress me with his power. But he has always asked me to live a certain way so that it could be the best way for my life. God is not here to seek to destroy or kill us, but he's here to give us life and give it to us in the full. Do you believe that? Have you experienced that? And when we do, we are turned inside out and upside down and our life is better than it's ever been before. It doesn't mean that we're not tempted. It doesn't mean that we don't have trials. It doesn't mean that we don't have struggles, but I would rather go through temptation, trials and struggles with Jesus than good without him. Obedience. For some reason, the disciples obeyed, and God blessed them. Did you notice this in verse four? Not, they, they, they said they didn't, they didn't realize. They didn't recognize it was who? It was Jesus. I'm like, man, you've been with them for three years. I can't pick on those guys. I wasn't there. I don't know the setting. But they didn't notice. They didn't recognize them. But then they brought in this large hall. And I love Verse seven, then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said, uh, said to Peter, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon, uh, Simon Peter heard him, this said, 
He says, it is the Lord. We wrapped his outer gom- he wrapped his outer garments around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for, there were not far, for they were not far away from the shore and, and about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire burning coals with fish on it and, and some bread. Now here's our fish story, church. Here, here, here's the fish story for us today. I, there's just fish all over this. So they bring in this large hall and then, and then they recognize and they realize, man, this is Jesus. He's back. This is their third time seeing him and they're excited. And then when they landed, they saw a fire burning coals with, with a sign out there that says, catch of the day, Chilean. No, it wasn't Chilean, sea bass or halibut. But there was fish and it was cooking and there was some bread. Again and again, we forget Jesus is Lord. Again and again, it's easy to forget that he has our back, that he's with us. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 says, And lo, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Isaiah 9, 6 says that he's a, he's a, a wonderful counselor and an almighty God, and it, but it also says he's an everlasting father. He's always gonna be there for us. I love this reminder. Again and again, we forget. But listen, again and again and again, he is gracious and reminds us. Do you need to be reminded of God's love for you at this moment? Do you need to be reminded of his love and his grace for you? You see, this story gets really personal now. In verse 15, it says, when they finished eating, and and, and you're going to have to read the rest, by the way, um, Jesus has breakfast for these guys. How cool is that? Jesus makes breakfast for his disciples, okay? But then verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, son of, uh, of John, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. Why? <laughs> because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but, but when you are old, will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said uh, this to, to, to indicate the death of, by which Peter would, would glorify God. Then he said to him, then he said to him, Follow me. That reminds me of our second point again and again. Do you remember in Luke 5, after all that happened, Jesus said, leave your nets. Come follow me. He's reminding Peter as he's gone full circle. I've invested in you for three years, Peter. 
I know you denied me three times. I predicted that. I know you, you had every intention of not doing so. And I love this. In, in, the, in the middle of nowhere, on the, on the beach, he has this, this beautiful breakfast for the disciples, and he knows his time on the earth is, 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 is almost near the end. And I just picture Jesus pulling Peter aside. I don't think he did that in front of the other guys. And this conversation has grace written all over it. There's a lot said and there's been a lot preached about these, these words and this conversation and the Greek. And, and, and I just want to keep it simple. I just see Jesus loving a man that was probably hurting. He watched his good friend, his savior, be beaten, tortured, killed, crucified. Can you imagine the emotions that Peter went through? And to know that one of the last things he ever did was deny Jesus, not once, but twice, but three times. See, Jesus knows our hearts, and he must have known Peter's heart. And I think that's what happened here. It's just my opinion. I believe Jesus saw an opportunity to reassure Peter that he loved him. Peter didn't deserve that. And that's what grace is. Grace is a gift that we do not deserve. He came back and he filled their boat. He hung out with them. He made them breakfast. Jesus is amazing that way. And then what he does with Peter here is absolutely amazing. A man that was probably broken, filled with a little guilt and shame, and he takes time out to pull him aside to say, Peter, I still love you. Amen. And then he asks all those questions to help Peter process. Not for Jesus' sake, but for Peter's sake. To remind himself that yes, I love you too, Jesus. And he simply concludes it with these words. Follow me. Let's go do this again. Church, do you need to swim in God's grace right now? Do you need to be reminded of how much he loves you despite the choices that you've made in life? I know I do. As we have those again and again moments, let's remember again and again God's love for us. I close with this. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not for your, from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. My friends, some action points that I would like to close with is simply this. Number one, put out your net. Obey. 
That's our lesson from today's, les- from today's fish story. Obey. Secondly, experience his grace in your obedience and your disobedience. And lastly, for this entire series, remember your purpose. It's to love God and to love others. I hope you've enjoyed our Gone Fishing series. And more importantly, I hope that you haven't just enjoyed it, but that it's changing your life. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. You forget all.